In Your Element is made just for you, the listener. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. Now, on to the show. Welcome to episode 32 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find In Your Element online. My website is inyourelementpodcast.com. You can find me on Instagram at inyourelementpodcast, on Twitter at iyepodcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And if you have any gaming-related questions that you'd like me to answer, email me at hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. Today, I welcome back my guest, Adrian Espinoza, to the show. Adrian, how you been? Hi, doing good. (laughs) Welcome back. What have you Thank been playing you, lately? Yeah. I so last night I finished Far Cry New Dawn. Uh, at least the campaign. I haven't I'm not fully finished with it. Like I want to do I want to do all the expeditions and, and all the um outposts like on every difficulty. Right. So I'm almost done there. Uh, it got way easier once I got like I basically just grinded like the whole first half of the game to just get every mm-hmm. single like golden thing ever. Yeah. So the last half, it's just been easy, like a little too easy because I've just been mowing down everybody. Um, so I'm cl- super close to just washing my hands clean of that game. And then nice. uh, I just downloaded Borderlands because I got to get back into that before 3 comes out. Yeah. How do you think you would compare New Dawn to Far Cry 5? Hmm... <sighs> I feel like Far Cry 5 is like the crazy younger brother who just is reckless and doesn't yeah. really care. And I feel like Far Cry New Dawn is like the older brother or sister, whatever, who's a little bit more responsible and mm. uh, knows how to get things done a little bit. I say that because Far Cry 5, I didn't realize like how much of a mess it felt like until I played this one. Really? Because... Yeah, and I don't. I, I mean that in like a good and a bad way, to be yeah. honest, because it was a mess in a fun way most mm-hmm. of the time. There was mm-hmm. a few times where I felt like it was a bit much, and it was almost kind of annoying. Um, but it was just fun. The thing about Far Cry Five that I enjoyed wasn't exactly like the story and stuff. It was good, uh, yeah. but it was like what you did was so entertaining, especially because I was playing it with my brother right it was just so fun to play uh and there was just so much stuff you can get and so it just kind of kept you entertained uh and the story didn't really have like a grip on you until the end the end was like wow okay this is crazy yeah Uh, but new dawn feels like a lot of that craziness kind of got taken away and so Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more focused but it's weird because I feel like that craziness added on to how fun it was. So it's not as fun to just like explore as much. Really? Like it is, it is and it isn't. Like, I don't know yeah. if that makes sense because I don't, <laughs> I'm not trying to advocate for like saying that 
whole like every five seconds something is happening yeah. is a good thing because i actually don't think it is but there's yeah. i can't deny it was like ridiculously entertaining like always having something happening you know what i mean like you run around mm-hmm. suddenly, suddenly there's a bear chasing you you kill the bear and there's like 500 people on you and then you're right driving away in a car getting chased by helicopters there's like this weird like entertainment about it not mm-hmm. that it's necessarily good uh but you don't see that as much in, in new dawn and what's weird is that when it does happen because it did happen a few times where i yeah. was just like going down the road constantly getting chased i was mm-hmm. kind of annoyed so i was like oh this is weird because it's it's like better but it's not i guess interesting it's it's kind of it's kind of weird it's kind of yeah weird. i feel like i eventually will jump in i saw it was on sale for 20 bucks and i was like is it time to pull the trigger and uh i didn't because i'm playing way too much uh other other games at the moment so yeah. i uh, i'll put that on the back burner but it is something i like to get around to uh i didn't actually finish far cry 5 uh i was like uh i think i had two of the the siblings left to go to i was like on my way to uh the main brother like the older brother forgot his name joseph joe joe john jacob? was jacob i don't know man no, All jacob's those... the... i'm sorry i said joseph joseph yeah the... joseph's the main dude uh it would be john because yeah jacob is the is the army one yeah 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 and i was uh i, I might have been on no i was on the way to the sister Faith. um faith yeah i was doing her area and then i stopped playing and then the game awards happened and they spoiled the ending and announced new dawn and then i was like great i i probably won't get back to this so uh i, I might as well pick up new dawn but yeah it looks good um overall it i mean it feels what, like a continuation it feels like you know how there was all that dlc for far cry 5 it didn't yeah. feel like a dlc in terms of like a continuation it just felt like this side stuff right this really feels like Oh, I'm back in Far Cry Five. Right. You know well, I mean? it is. It, it like is a continuation these... of that story, right? Oh, it totally is. It totally yeah. is. And, yeah. it, and, and you don't you don't really see it at first, but it's like the third act where everything like, holy crap, this really is. Um, this actually has a huge thing to do with Far Cry Five, and mm-hmm. well, it on in a lot of ways it ends the story, which is cool because I really wasn't That's expecting good. that. I thought they were going to keep it super open ended still. Yeah. Uh, but there is one. There was one thing that made this DLC go from like, I think a solid seven for me mm-hmm. to like a nine. And I don't really know if I want to tell you, but it no, has to keep, do. Keep it. I'll keep say it what it has free. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say what it has to do with. But it's once I figured out what happened to Rook, the mm-hmm. main character of Far Cry 5, because you don't, yeah. they, they, very, they easily hide it until you start actually paying attention mm-hmm. to some of like the clues and stuff. And then once you figure it out, it is wild i like lost my mind when i figured out what happened to the person to he or she whoever you chose to play as right um so i will say once that happened i got super super excited and then the ending was actually uh kind of cool i I actually like what do you think of the like the two girl protagonist or antagonists i thought they were weak until the end if that makes sense Yeah. yeah i just i just felt but at the same time it was like it's kind of how I felt towards Joseph and yeah. like and like pagan pagan men pagan in Far Cry Four. Mm-hmm. You don't really hear, you just hear about them. You know what I mean? They're not involved until like the last half, right? Uh, and then once they do get involved, it's like, ooh, okay, okay, this is good. Uh, and that was kind of cool for the twins, especially because they have an interesting arc to what happens at the end. It's not kind of as typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you just fight them and then it's over. Right. Uh, it, it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. There's like a twist that you can kind of go forward 
uh, towards. And it's kind of nice because it mm-hmm. could, if, if depending on which ending you're choosing, I could see FARC or the like future games going with a specific ending as canon. And it could be cool for like what happens in the future. Interesting. Um, it could be cool. Or they yeah. could, you know, the next FARC could be something wildly different, have nothing to do with it. But Right. Huh. Well, I definitely would like to get around to playing New Dawn because it looks great. I think it, just in terms of like the color palette and them exploring like a post-apocalyptic world seems it's really very, interesting. It's very Mad Max at times, and I like that a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw um, there's some crazy the ass guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's super. It's super sick, dude. I put I got this uh, golden shotgun. It's like one of the. It's basically the highest shotgun you get, and it's got a suppressor. Yeah. And I've never felt so like just badass to just walk into like this giant territory mm-hmm. and i've always loved stealthing the outposts it's my favorite thing to do by far i love that mm-hmm. like when it works correctly and you get the alarms out and you take everybody out and nothing yeah. and nobody realizes you're there oh it feels so, so good it is so good dude there's something so great about just walking up to somebody and then turning around seeing you and you just hear and suddenly their head just explodes damn got him that's awesome man well, uh, speaking of crazy-ass guns, I have been playing Borderlands 2. Uh, so I picked up the Borderlands Handsome Collection because it was on sale for $15 and uh, realized I had never finished Borderlands 2, and it's time to get in there and get through that damn campaign once and for all before Borderlands 3 comes out. So uh, I also have not played the pre-sequel, so I, that was like a, a double whammy right there. So I'm going to have to jump in there after Borderlands 2. Uh, also experienced some of that great DLC that it's known for as well. How um, far did you get when you played it last time? Or was it on the PS3? You know, I bought it originally on PC. So I had it on uh, PC and then I had it on PS3 uh, yeah. and, and that's it. And I never finished it on either platform. I was doing co-op on PC and then I tried to play it solo on PS3 and then just God, never... Or maybe it was on Xbox 360. I can't remember where I was playing. But yeah, it was... I mean, great game. I love, I love Borderlands. It's like one of the just wildest games you can get into and play and just visually it's one of the the best looking games i think i've ever seen just in terms of how well that holds up uh, especially now they released a, a texture pack an hd texture pack for playstation 4 for free which was another reason that i wanted to jump in because they added a 4k texture pack for ps4 pro and it runs at 60 frames and it looks beautiful uh that game I is just the pro yeah it's it's a timeless look that cell shaded like a comic book look. I mean, it holds up so well and, and it looks incredible. So I can only well, I imagine think, how three is going to look. Um, I think Borderlands 2 specifically hits that art style like to perfection. I think it's, yeah. I think personally, because uh, I've played, I'm kind of in the same boat. I played almost all of Borderlands 2 with my brother because that's probably his greatest game of all time. Yeah, he's. I I know he's sunk in more than like three hundred hours into that game. It's stupid. Jesus. Yeah, because uh, you can. But oh yeah, for sure you can. Yeah, just like grinding. But basically, I played other Tall Tale games and then like um, other cell shaded games, and I never. I always feel like I'm comparing them to Borderlands Two. Yeah, which I feel like to me means that that's like the peak. I, I kind of so. think when it comes to a game. Oh, I for, for like sure. When I think of Cell Shaded, I don't think of like the Tall Tale games first. I think of Borderlands first. Yeah, Borderlands or uh, Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. That was like the first. Oh, you know big, what? You're right. I mean, I, I forget about that. Too. That game looks incredible too. I have the the HD remake from yeah. uh, Wii U last gen, and it 
it looks so good still. But I think Borderlands has definitely a much more defined style just in terms of like the character design and like the yeah. enemy design and just the overall like crazy batshit lunatic story that goes on and the yeah it's also the voice one the, acting one of the only games that's made me like cry of laughing of laughter yeah it's it's genuine some of the jokes now feel a bit dated just going back and playing through um in 2019 some of the stuff is kind of like all right like this was definitely from an era where comedy and just the approach to jokes was a little bit different and just yeah. same way that you go back to like the mid to late 2000s when like movies like super bad and knocked up and pineapple express are out like those movies were still some of the funniest movies i think i've ever seen but going back to them some of that humor is like a little bit dated you can start to see it it's a little rough around the edges then and, and some of the writing in borderlands kind of feels that way so yeah. i'm curious to see how they update that with borderlands 3 and if they're going to clearly they're going to keep that same like comedy style but I want to see like the evolution of the of their jokes, make it more relevant. You know, this game's what seven or eight years old now, so it's so uh, wild that that much time has gone by, dude. Yeah, I know it doesn't feel like it for sure. So yeah, it's uh it's definitely good. Hop in there. I know you uh you said you're gonna download it again, and we'll do some co-op. I'm trying to trying to finish this damn thing before. Yeah, I got I got it. I downloaded it last night uh, once I realized I was pretty close to do- uh, beating Far Cry, and then. My brother downloaded it, and then now you got it, so we can all just jump in. Have a good Hell time. Hell yeah. Good stuff, man. I've also been chipping away at Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That game is uh it's a it's a big ass game, man. I'm I'm like Are you liking I mean, it though? It's good. Yeah, it's very good. It feels like to me, I, I played through Origins um two years ago now, twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. and that was like the first big change to the series where they really went with more of like an RPG style where you like level up different skill trees and you have less of an emphasis on like just pure assassination. Like it felt like more of a combat focused game. Um, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey takes that and just refines it even further. So it feels like it feels like just the next evolution in the series. Honestly, it's like clearly it's the definitive version of that series now it but looking back i went back and watched some footage from like assassin's creed uh 3 which was just remastered for uh all of the platforms and that yeah. gameplay looks so dated now in comparison because it's just wild because it doesn't feel like an annualized franchise like that really changes that much same with like call of duty if you look back on uh call of duty from like 5 or 6 years ago there really has been some significant changes there. Same with Assassin's oh, yeah, Creed. Sure. And this definitely feels like they're moving in such a good direction that this is becoming more of like an open world RPG than it is like a, a an open world game that they used to be, but more of a focus on just like linear missions, assassinations and sneaking around and like the, the climbing and stuff. Um, it, it definitely ha- doesn't have that much of an emphasis. The movement's still really good and fluid, but I feel like, most open world games now kind of have that fluidity when when it comes to movement that uh, yeah, Assassin's kind of Creed standard. was yeah they were so famous for initially it just felt like you can just parkour anything and now it's just kind of like second nature it doesn't feel like it's as prominent in the controls uh, as it used to so but yeah so definitely think, definitely a good game do you think that it still matters that it's considered Assassin's Creed if it's a lot more like just combat focused and not necessarily so stealth like do you think that even makes a difference 
I mean, that was the debate when the game came out. You know, so many people were saying this game is not an Assassin's Creed game. It's like so far, far, so so, eh, so far removed from <laughs> what that series originally was. Yeah. Uh, but I think now it's more of just an evolution or continuation of that overall like story arc because they keep going back and like Origins was like showing the origins of the assassins and you get to see some cool easter egg stuff at the end when it comes to um, some of the other games and how they tie those in so this is more just kind of exploring the timeline as as they always have gone to different areas and time frames in history to explore Uh, i think it's more just like it's it really just boils down to like a historical exploration game and i think assassin's creed is just the name that it's been using for so long that it would be kind of silly to change it brand yeah no right it's it's very recognizable so yeah i mean it's definitely a very very different game comparing this to you know even assassin's creed black flag which was like uh, the pinnacle of that series when that came out looking back on black flag that game looks so simplified now too so it's it's wild they've definitely come a long way but it is a it's a very fun game it's a very long game there's a ton of content there there's a lot of of hours to be had in terms of just gameplay main storyline extra missions like you name it they've got it all you don't uh, think uh i i i mean i thought assassin's creed unity was like the peak of the series (laughs) you know i skipped oh i was like uh please don't give me comments if anybody Mm. listens to this wants to to burn no Uh, I skipped out on I, after Black Flag. I, I definitely took a break from that franchise because I was getting so burnt out because I would buy almost every single one. Uh, and I was like, I'm done with this right now. These games are, are like too much. What did they do? They went Syndicate also, the one in, in London. Syndicate or... is really fun. I never beat that one, but it's yeah. super, super fun. So I that's that's been kind of the... Uh, the forgotten one it seems like from that franchise uh, because that's when people were so fatigued and it's it seemed like they were starting to test some of the new elements that they have incorporated in these new games in that one and it's kind of a bummer that not well, a lot of people played through it well their launch i if i remember correctly the biggest reason for that game's failure is the launch because yeah. there was like an insane amount of bugs mm-hmm. um like people's faces were just like torn off yeah, in the I remember scenes. Those. yeah <laughs> because now if you if you go back and look at review or at least from what i've seen people really like unity like in yeah. all seriousness i was joking around earlier but people really liked it after it got you know all these patches mm-hmm. and got all the oh, and got kind of fixed of all those problems but that's you know yeah you're you're basically right though i think that one's the one that everyone kind of like uh we don't we don't talk about that one so much <laughs> right well they're definitely going in a good direction and it sounds like the next one's going to be uh viking themed so there's like teasers in uh the division two that are pointing More to uh, kind of like a norse themed one which would be really interesting after uh, a year where we had god of war uh it sounds like it'll probably be next year it won't be this year anyhow so yeah interesting stuff on the horizon for assassin's creed uh, all right, so we're going to do things a little a little differently this episode. We are skipping the news segment. Um, I've decided that uh, the news segment is something that is not very evergreen in terms of content. So uh, I think what I'm going to do going forward is cut the news segment. We'll jump right into feature discussion. So these episodes are going to be more concise. They're going to be more focused around the discussion that uh, everybody comes to the episodes for. 
And uh, I, uh, of course, will always have news updated on my Instagram. So that's generally where I put uh, most of the news information anyway. So if you do want to uh, keep up with news from In Your Element, just make sure to follow me on at In Your Element Podcast on Instagram. Uh, I'm pretty good about updating that multiple times a day with relevant news stories. So without further ado, Adrian, let's jump in. Um, big game right now, of course, is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Sekiro. Sekiro. It's been out for a couple weeks. Uh, it's been getting a lot of attention, and there's been a lot of conversation around just overall difficulty in video games. There's been cases made for whether or not developers should be including an easy mode in games uh, for accessibility reasons. Today, I want to chat about some of our most difficult gaming experiences, both individual games and moments. So I want to begin by asking you what your thoughts were on having an easy mode as an option in every game. So initially, I can say that I was a bit biased towards saying that there should not be an easy mode in every game. But I also wasn't looking at it through the lens uh, that others have argued. Right. So I was thinking about it as like an art piece. Right. And if an artist makes something, they have a vision. They want to seek to that vision. And if it if within their vision is to make this game as hard as possible, because that is what I'm going for. Like, I can understand it. You know what I mean? I I can understand that that's the way that they want want the game to be. And Mm -hmm. there's no there's no going around that. Right. And but it's hard, though, because, you know, honestly, I wasn't thinking about it through the eyes of other people in the sense that it's like, I just want to enjoy the game and I can't enjoy it because Mm -hmm. I, I, I cannot do this. It's not that, you know, I I don't like the fact that the difficulty is this way, but I I can't physically enjoy the game. Right. With and and dying fifty five times to a boss until I beat him, that's not enjoyment for me. No. You know what I mean? And and you know, when I when I kind of understood that I, I had to sit back and think like, okay, well, you know what, maybe maybe there's there's a really solid argument to this and you know, maybe there can be some sort of compromise or, or kind of way down the middle uh, between mm-hmm. these two. But it's kind of rough, man. I haven't even truly come to a clear decision uh, because I am kind of stuck between those two things. As an artist myself, I mm-hmm. I really, really align to the fact that if an artist has a vision to do it this way, there, should, there shouldn't be anything but that vision, right? There shouldn't right, be something right. else going against it unless it's truly, uh, it's truly like illogical to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it definitely is a, a heated debate right now. And I think a lot of the conversation initially was being regarded as like uh, people just saying, oh, there should be an easier difficulty for Sekiro, you know, make yeah. the game easier. That's not really the conversation uh, at its core. The The core of the conversation is more so about accessibility for uh, for individuals who may not have the capability to play these games. Uh, due to any type of disability, they may have, you know, um, motor motor disabilities or or something along those lines, uh, where they actually physically can't keep up with something that's very demanding. Um, an interesting case uh, was with one of the, I, I think it was with one of the Uncharted games. They uh, Uncharted Four actually, I believe, has a mode where you can basically play the game with just the left stick, so you don't have to worry about moving uh, and, and navigating with the right stick with, for camera control, you can basically click the button and it will snap Nathan Drake to an enemy and, uh, and, and turn the camera to them as well so that you can really just get through that game with a single stick, which is 
you know, good for people who may not have the ability to play with a second hand. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely tons of tons of gamers out there with all sorts of different needs and, and uh, abilities or disabilities. And this just gives them an option to play the game. Uh, and it doesn't have to be taking away from that initial uh, artist vision. It's more so just about being more inclusive and allowing everybody to experience that game. Uh, yeah. I do I do think that having something in, you know, set the game to a default setting, which most games will have a default or, uh, you know, it'll say this is the way the game is intended to be played. Start everybody at that level. But I think having the option to change that uh, is is really important because, yeah, this is a game that I'd love to jump into. I know that it's extremely difficult. I'm notorious for just walking away from these kind of games and never actually seeing them through, which is such a bummer because at that point, the artist's vision isn't even fully realized. You know, if, if people aren't even getting through the game because it's so difficult and people walk away, you're not even seeing that that story through to the end, which is a bummer because so many people worked so hard on this game uh, to, to make it through. So it doesn't necessarily take away from somebody who does play through the game on a hard difficulty or the hardest difficulty. That's wonderful. That's a great achievement. But I think giving everyone the option to choose that just is more inclusive, you know, take Emily, for example, my girlfriend, she doesn't play games very, very often because she's not very good at controlling a second stick. You know, that's something that she didn't grow up with. A lot of the games that she played were on like Game Boy and, uh, and PlayStation one where it didn't initially have the, the dual analog sticks. So it's harder for people who don't necessarily play games on a daily basis to, to get into these games where you have to control the camera with the second stick. So having just other options is super important. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. That honestly, I feel like you can you can push that even more with the accessibility because that's not something that I was uh, picking up on at first. Yeah. Um, but putting that in the same kind of space, you know, the player can't, fully realize the the artist's vision or even just try to enjoy it because of the fact that they can't get past something specific because you know the game essentially won't allow them to like that's rough man i i do definitely think you're right and there should be some sort of kind of compromise to that even just like what you were saying this is where the game was intended to play uh this is this is how the game was intended to be played i feel like that's a really great kind of way of doing that and then there's like a, a step down for people that mm-hmm. don't want to do that right yeah an interesting thing that kind of like lit this this discussion up on twitter was actually from Corey barlog uh who's the creative director of the god of war game that came out last year that won so many awards uh he tweeted out uh, simply saying accessibility has never and will never be a compromise to my vision so yeah. that's that's very cool that he's so inclusive of people that have uh, specific needs. Uh, and that's cool that, that he recognizes that that's not taking away from their initial vision. That's just giving other people the option to play through the game, uh, as close to the experience that's intended as possible. What I was going to so, say is like hearing him say that, what if, cause I feel like if anything, then that can not hinder your vision that can add on to it. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, really i haven't really woken up to the idea of accessibility in gaming until really this last year uh, and one of the big things that that really like made me realize 
that there are so many people out there that can experience games the exact same way that we can was with the um, accessibility controller from Microsoft and that commercial. Did you see that commercial with the kid who was playing? uh, I think he was playing Fortnite or something with that controller. Yes. And that was like, dude, that shit got me right in the feels. Like I was like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, like I... I get chills watching that commercial and like even talking about it now, it like gives me chills just because I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I take a lot of this stuff for granted. I think just the ability to, to play a, a game with a controller and, and be competent at it. Uh, it's not everybody no, I... has that capability. And it's like, dude, all these people out there that want to experience games may have a limitation because the developers aren't including something into their game that allows them to, you know, even something as simple as like a colorblind mode. Not every game has colorblind options. Yeah, and that's no, a real, right. that's a very real thing for a lot of folks that, you know, you're playing a, an online game where there's uh, different names above players that might have different colors associated with who's good and who's bad. Like shit, if you're colorblind, you may not have that option to to differentiate between those. So, I mean, and something so even that simple. So many games hinder, or not hinder, but they 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 rely on that. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it's sure. it, it's huge in that aspect. You know, you use color for so many, uh, so many different things in games, mm-hmm. especially to kind of notify you on what what is what and or right. where you need to go or blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, man, it's hard because I don't. I think it's harder for people that make the debate like in terms of not having accessibility or maybe not pushing for it as much as they maybe should like mm-hmm. i'm me included because i know i haven't always been the greatest about it uh mm-hmm. or push for it as much as i should have in the past i think it's more just because we don't have that reality man like we don't we don't see like i if i don't have accessibility issues when it comes to playing video games like i'm not mm-hmm. going to see that as much Right, but I agree. You look, but you, then you see that commercial, and then you, yeah. then you think like, man, somebody else had to, they they had it completely different than me. And of course, I never thought about it that way because I wasn't the one struggling with it. But then once you mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. everything changes. You yeah. know what I mean? So I feel like that's why stuff like that, that the the trailer for the Microsoft, I feel like that's so good, and that we need to push stuff like that more because it just it brings that awareness full circle. Then just yeah. talking about it on Twitter, you see somebody else's life. Yeah. It's impacted by it. Huge difference. Then you mm-hmm. can see it like with your own eyes, like, wow, this stuff like this really does matter. It absolutely does. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest thing you mentioned there is just the awareness, just bringing awareness to accessibility. I think if I've, if I've recognized something over the last, you know, five years, there's been a lot more just people becoming more aware of other people, just other people's needs or their, uh, desires or their whatever i mean that is becoming more of a reality where people are just more understanding of these differences that that and really understanding also that everybody is different and no two people are exactly the same in the way that they think and the way that they look and the way that they act or talk or whatever so accessibility is just another characteristic or trait of people out there and they come in uh, an entire spectrum of needs, you know, it, it could just be something very simple to something where it's, you know, full paralysis or something. I mean, there's, there's a spectrum of that too. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting. And I think at the very least, this conversation is going to get the ball rolling for developers to start including more of those features in their games, um, and, and making sure that they can get as many people 
to experience that artistic vision as possible. Um, because uh, Microsoft in their commercial said it best. They said, when everybody plays together, we all win, which is uh, very cool. Which goes deeper than it, that goes like as a life lesson. Like, yeah, I know. That shit is so deep, dude. Fuck you, Microsoft. In a good way. In the <laughs> in best like, way possible. In like a good um, way. In a good way. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna shift gears and talk about the most difficult modern games that we've played and what made those experiences so challenging. So these games that we're gonna discuss, they're not in any particular order, and we're not gonna be ranking them. Uh, but first up, I want to talk about Bloodborne, which is developed by From Software, same people who did Sekiro, of course. Uh, it was released in 2015 as a PlayStation 4 exclusive. For those unfamiliar, here's the synopsis of Bloodborne. Face your fears as you search for answers in the ancient city of Yarnum, now cursed with a strange endemic illness spreading through the streets like wildfire. Danger, death, and madness lurk around every corner of this dark and horrific world, and you must discover its darkest secrets in order to survive. Adrian, what are some of your memories of Bloodborne, and what made it so difficult? Um, my biggest memory is getting my ass kicked multiple times. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually really love Bloodborne. And to be honest, I haven't even come like close to ever finishing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that isn't necessarily because of the difficulty. I was just uh, not gaming as much at that moment in time. Um, and I just never, I haven't been able to, to kind of get back into it. Um, yeah. Honestly, though, that's still one of my favorite games um ever just aesthetically mm-hmm. the story behind it i didn't even though like i said i didn't beat it i really dove hard into it like on reddit and on uh on youtube like because i was so obsessed with like the world and everything of it right um, but honestly like it's that game is genuinely like horrifying like in a beautiful way mm-hmm. it's, like, beautifully haunting oh it's uh, very haunting yeah like, some the of the character enemy designs moves, yeah, mm-hmm. just like even your own character, he's got that like slim kind of uh kind of reminds me of like Jack the Skeleton, like his physique, right? And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even though you can change it, but I still feel I feel like it still like kind of mimics that no matter what. And that's kind of everybody. They all have this weird um like haunting interesting look to them. Uh even down to like the villagers that you fight. Mm-hmm. Uh not even talking about like the crazier creatures inside that game because it's some some of them are straight up like nightmare fuel oh hell yeah uh, and it's so and it's so <laughs> sweet like honestly it's weird because like i i really love stuff like that it is yeah. that you're like oh my god what am i looking at you know what mm-hmm. i mean right That's lisa she looked crazy like she, you know what it's happened just lisa yeah but i honestly i i got i got my my butt handed to me like Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. times than i'd like to admit truthfully my biggest like remembrance of me playing the game was getting kind of lost in uh in the town because Mm -hmm. i took like the wrong step and it was like down a ladder completely got myself lost and did not know where i was but funny enough is i had like a lot of uh, items that i remember like i i did not want to die uh so i was trying to figure out my way around it and I mm-hmm. kid you not, like, I remember I was like, oh, I'm doing really good. Like, I'm killing all these villagers that are in my way. Uh, nobody's really stopping me just yet. And I remember thinking that, and I literally got shot in the head, like, 
<laughs> seconds after by one of the hunters yeah. that has like the or not the hunters but like one of those villagers they have like a rifle that they shoot if I yeah correctly. yeah uh mm-hmm. and i literally just got domed like right in the head oh my god it took me out and then i spent like a few times trying to get back there and i could not find it for the life of me and it was like everything it's funny when you panic in that game when you when you panic and you don't try to like calm yourself and just like fight you just try to go mm-hmm. past everybody I'm pretty sure it's the worst tactic to ever do in that game because you will get destroyed instantly. Yeah, that happened to me. So that this is my first entry into like the Soulsborne games uh, was Bloodborne. And uh, I approached it understanding that it was difficult. Yeah. Uh, I knew that there was uh, there was uh, definitely going to be a, a learning curve to it. But I went in with the intention of just like hacking and slashing, which is the complete opposite of what you want to do in this game and all of those games it's a very methodical approach to combat um and it didn't really click with me until uh probably until i got past the first boss which uh was that on the bridge yeah Mm -hmm. and it took me a handful of times to get there um and i was like okay i think i got this i got the idea and the gist of like combat and how to maneuver and, and things and then I got to Father Gascoigne, and I was like, yes. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing in this game. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he whooped my ass. Specifically, he was always difficult to me, though. Like, mm-hmm. And he has that second phase, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God, I never I never got past that part. I think that's where I... Uh, no, I did beat him, but I think it was yeah. shortly after that where I stopped. But, dude... Mm-hmm he was rough man he was so hard to fight it's crazy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah one other thing that that really made this game challenging to me was the lack of of really a tutorial they they kind of just throw you in there and and a lot of this game and the the dark souls games um in general revolves around exploration and not really knowing what's next what's around the next corner uh, it's it's very much feels like a game that was uh, kind of brings you back to the times before we had the internet where you kind of just had to talk to your friends and see like what they're doing or how they got past a certain point. Mm-hmm. There's like there's kind of like this mysterious veil around these games where it's kind of like there's definitely a community out there and it's a very supportive community to get help with for the most part besides people just yelling get good. But um <laughs> There, there's definitely a lot of people that are willing to help you out and kind of like take you under their wing and teach you how to get good at the game, uh, which is kind of cool. But in game itself, there's like very little um, in terms of like description and things. It's like there, everything's just very opaque when it comes to like yeah. items that you pick up and and just overall navigation of the world. It's like you really have to learn that world yourself um and it, it's it's very it's a very unique game in this day and age where it seems like tutorials are like everywhere i mean there's there's so much hand holding that goes on in games that this is it's such a different experience going through bloodborne it's and just the souls from games. the soft the from software games in general like even souls you do the same thing you 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 start you know they have little things on the floor with the messages that kind of tell you like oh this is the hit this is right. the role figure out the rest buddy uh you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like put the two two put the two and two together and but that's really it man you when it comes to like tactics that's all you you gotta like get in there and just get your hands dirty 
uh, until you mm-hmm. until you really figure it out. Even then, I feel like even then you don't ever really figure it out. You know what I mean? No. It's like you're always yeah. trying to figure it out because every boss yeah. seems to be so wildly different. And sometimes they just do things where you'll, you know, you'll be fighting. It's crazy. This is this is what's crazy about these games. You're fighting, right? You're doing good. You 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 got it. You know what I mean? You're taking this dude. You get him down to like halfway, and then out of nowhere the boss will do some ridiculous move that you never saw mm-hmm. coming and suddenly yep. you're dead. You know what I mean? And yeah. it always, it'll always give you that same, like your jaw just drop reaction. You know, you're just like, right. what, what just happened? What the heck was that? You know what I mean? And it's wild how they do that. They, they, I feel mm-hmm. like the, the game is always trying to be a step ahead of you. And so yeah. the whole time you're just trying to get, you're trying to make sure you're, you're foot in foot with the game instead of being mm-hmm. like so far back. Yeah, it's very true. Well, it's definitely a game that I want to go back to. I want to. I've been itching to restart this game and actually give it a like a, a fair shot. Yeah. Um. So I think that's that's next up on my list. I've been I've almost pulled the trigger a couple times in the last week or so, and then I was like, uh, Assassin's Creed. I could probably jump in there and do a little more. And now with Borderlands, I'm like, shit. I'm definitely gonna get around to this, but it probably won't be for a little bit. Well, the hard but, part uh, with I, the with Bloodborne or like with the Souls games, um, to me, I feel like when I play these games, I can't play it casually in the sense that like, oh, I play a few hours every week, or like, yeah, you know, like put in like five hours every few weeks. Like, I can't do that because these games require right. so much. Yeah, attention. You, you really do have to dedicate you, some time to it. You do right, and, and so yeah, the two the two games that I got farthest in were. Dark Souls 2, because I did beat Dark mm-hmm. Souls 2, uh, mm-hmm. and Demon Souls, the very, very first one. I got pretty far into that um, a long time ago, years ago. And mm-hmm. like I remember I couldn't play anything else because every time I played, I felt like I had to kind of relearn myself a little bit. You know, it was very small, yeah. but it's just like you you lose that attention to that game, and it's so easy right. to just get caught away, man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to hopping back in eventually at some point. Yeah. Uh, an- another game that I found extremely difficult uh, was one that I played through and finished last year, and that's Hollow Knight. So this is a tough-as-nails platformer from developer Team Cherry. The synopsis of the game reads, Hollow Knight is a challenging, beautiful action-adventure game set in the vast, interconnected underground kingdom of Hollow Nest. A 2D action game with an emphasis on skill and exploration, Hollow Knight has you fighting a fearsome host of deadly creatures, avoiding intricate traps and solving ancient mysteries as you make your way, your own way, through fungal wastes, forests of bone, and ruined underground cities. Adrian, did you ever play through Hollow Knight? No, I actually bought it, and I never played it, and I'm very sad. Oh, no. What platform do you have it on? PlayStation. I'm pretty sure I bought it on PS4 like a while ago, because didn't this game come out like a good amount of time ago? Uh, it just came to PS4 recently. It was that it was a PC game first, and then it came to Switch, uh, and then it came to the remaining platforms. I swear, if I you don't if you scale. don't have it, it's its regular price is fifteen dollars. So it's like honestly probably one of the best value for price that I've ever played through. Yeah, I don't know much uh, yes. when it comes to Hollow Knight. I swear I bought it though. It might have been another game that looks similar because this looks like a platformer. Yeah, so Hollow Knight, for those who are, are not familiar or who haven't played through, or those who have, 
Uh, you may re recall the difficulty in the very beginning of the game. Uh, this is a game that, that very much like Dark Souls or Bloodborne, you're kind of just thrown into it uh, with very little explanation of who you are, what you're doing. Uh, you're kind of just dropped into this uh, really like haunting environment with these weird um, bug type enemies and you're kind of this weird little bug yourself. Um, and uh, the combat is pretty much... Yeah, he's a cute little guy, uh, the knight. Um, but yeah, it, you get into the area and, and you've got a map that, that you can basically, it, just like in Metroid, as you explore through the, the game, the map starts to un unveil itself as you get into a new area. Um, this is the same way, but initially there's no indicator of where you are at on the map, mm -hmm. which is extremely difficult to navigate if, if uh, a lot of the environments look very similar. And you kind of have to like remember landmarks on the map to know where you're at, which is crazy. Uh, I didn't realize until probably a few hours into the game that there's a vendor that you can purchase this upgrade to your map that shows you where you're at on there, which is uh, super helpful. So if you are playing this game for the first time, make sure that you purchase that upgrade first because you will thank yourself uh, later. Um, another thing that made Hollow Knight very difficult is it's similar to uh, Dark Souls games where when you die, you pretty much lose everything. Um, you do have the opportunity to go back to your dead body and you have to fight your your dead self basically to get back your currency that you earn in the game from killing enemies. Um, and that currency is used for upgrades. It's used for um, traveling to different areas. It is pretty critical that you have uh, currency in this game. So when you get killed, it's um, it's very, very trying on your patience to have to trek back to your dead body and fight yourself to get that stuff back. Uh, and there were many times where, you know, I, I was just not paying attention and would die to a simple enemy. And I was like, oh, shit, that was that was dumb. Let me go back and get my my stuff. And then on the way, it just seems like everything is like way more difficult than it normally is. And then it's it's you're just fighting with yourself trying to get back to your currency and and so many times I lost it because if you die there then your stuff's gone forever, which sucks ass. Uh, but it it's it's really really great game. Uh, bosses are very difficult as well, just like uh, some you know old school two D games that have difficult bosses. There's um, pretty intense timing that's required. Uh, they've got a lot of different attack patterns that you have to kind of like learn on the fly and figure out, but combat is pretty fast in this game and, uh, and you're going to have to react quickly in a lot of situations to get through it. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is honestly one of the best platformers I've played. One of my favorite games of last year, even though it's been out for a while before on PC, but, uh, it's, it's a fantastic game, really, uh, really beautiful hand-drawn artwork. They've got a new game that's going to be coming out too as well uh, that's going to be focusing on the character Hornet, which is one of the bosses that you fight in this game. Um, that one looks really, really cool. So that's supposed to be coming out later this year, I believe. Uh, on the topic of indie games, I wanted to bring up some of the most difficult indie games of all time for many, and that's Super Meat Boy. Oh. So this game launched... Mm -hmm, yeah. Of course we're going to talk about this one mm. uh this one launched in 2010 it's already been out for almost a decade and the plot to the game is absolutely bananas it reads 
Super Meat Boy is a tough-as-nails platformer where you play as an animated cube of meat who's trying to save his girlfriend, who happens to be made of bandages, from an evil fetus in a jar wearing a tux. While this game may have seemed cute and lighthearted on the surface, it is absolutely one of the most brutal games I have ever played. <laughs> Adrian, what is your take on Super Meat Boy? Oh, I love this game so much, dude. I, uh, it, I, I'm, I'm like looking at stuff right now from Super Meat because I, it's bringing it all back to me. Me and my brother basically stuck ourselves in our room for like two weeks. Yeah. And just this is all this was like our life, man, for like a mm-hmm. minute. We were just playing Super Meat Boy nonstop. And it was like it's crazy because I honestly there was a moment where like we were horrible at it in the beginning. And we I kind of thought like, oh, well, this game's cool. We're never going to beat this. And out of nowhere, it was like we just got this drive and just taking turns every time we died to get it and it started turning from like oh let's just take turns to like oh wait no you got to do this you got to do this and we're marking it out Mm -hmm. right and then yeah we'll help each other it became like this crazy like you know unity of trying to figure out how the hell to beat this game i didn't know that there was a light world and a dark world either right so we beat the light world yeah and we were both like just losing it we're like man we did it this is dope you know, fighting Dr. Fetus and whatnot, like it, the whole thing was amazing. And then you get introduced to like the flip side, like they had that Castlevania type of flip where it's like, no, there's like a whole nother, there's a whole nother section to this. And, and it's it hard as shit. Way, <laughs> way, way harder, dude. Oh yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> I spent, yeah. we definitely spent the most time in there. And honestly, dude, like what's wild is that the game was never, the game was never hard in the sense that like I just hated the game because it was hard as hell. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's really one of the only games that has done this for me. It's so wild and it's so like intricate in the way that it's made and the way that you have to play this game. You know, you can't just mm-hmm. like kind of, you know, just laser your way through it. You some of these jumps that you have to make or some of the like platforming elements, they have to be so freaking precise yeah. You know what I mean? And you're and you end up doing it like 3D times just to get mm-hmm. this one jump correctly. It is insane. And the and the you feel it felt like the analog sticks were the most sensitive things in the freaking universe. Uh yeah. and 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 also like holding the X, right? Cuz if you hold X you you jump higher. It's right. just like there was times where you you can't just do it the most simple like tap or but you also can't hold on it cuz it's clearly too far. So you had yeah. to get this weird like medium, but it was, mm-hmm. it's crazy because once you get good at it, it's like this controller works completely differently than it would normally. You know what I mean? It's so mm-hmm. weird to me to this day thinking about it that way. Uh, but you get so into this that you want to do it. You know what I mean? You, right. you genuinely like almost crave and like are fiends to get this, uh, to get this right and to do it as in as many, uh, at least times as possible. And mm-hmm. so even though it's like extremely hard and at no moment do I clearly remember, like I truly hate this game because of how hard it is. It was more like, I just want to keep going. Like this is so freaking fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the only games that's ever made me truly feel that way. And so uh, me and my brother did beat it. Um, this was also like 
freaking years ago. This was like 2014 or something like that. It was a long time ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it, well, look, I'm looking at all like the pictures and stuff, and it's giving me back all these crazy memories. Because, <laughs> dude, it was such a fun game. It was so wild. Oh, it's so great. This is. I think this is the first or one of the first indie games that I ever played. And this was definitely one of the first games that really like broke onto the scene for indie gaming. Yeah. Um, this was back during like Xbox Live Arcade time. And I think this is actually, yeah, I, pl- I originally played it on my Xbox 360, um, which is the, uh, unfortunately, the newer versions of the game that are released on like PS4 and Switch uh, don't have the original soundtrack, which sucks because the original soundtrack so is good. so good. I had it for so long. Oh, it's so good. Um, but what made Super Meat Boy so special is the quickness in which you respond. It's so, so crazy. It's beautiful because you would die and you are immediately back in, in the action yeah. from the beginning. There's no so you get, timer. Or anything no, like there's that. no, there's no loading, nothing. I mean, you, you get in there and like, I just remember most of the, most of the levels take less than a minute. They're very, very quick in terms of actually completing it. Uh, but what it, the skill needed to get through it is what makes it so difficult. You'll probably play individual levels dozens of times before you get through to the end. And then, of course, there's the the bandages to pick up, which is adds another level of difficulty if you're going for a completionist route. Um, there's some of the, those are wicked, the, dude. I, there was oh, some yeah. where I physically was like, I have no idea how to do this. I, I don't know. Yeah, I would just ignore them. Uh huh. Yeah, and and there's like the secret areas, like warp zones that you would find too, that are like completely like insane versions of these levels. That some of them are like. Uh, retro looking there's one that was like um emulating like a game boy like original game boy with like the the green and black coloring Mm -hmm. um there's they're all super difficult uh but i loved how quickly you respond because you i I pretty much would just hold down the the trigger to run at all times so that i'm going as fast (laughs) as possible and like just the 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 way that meat boy sticks to the walls too for just a moment it's so satisfying and, you know, being able to kind of like slide down a little bit and then catch yourself and jump. Um, I mean, they, they nailed the movement and um, just the, the precision in that game um, is just perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It is definitely one of the best games I've ever played. I did not beat it. I didn't have the, uh, the uh, <laughs> wherewithal to get through that game. Dude. I think the furthest I got was... Um, only chapter three which was like the salt factory area uh yeah so there's I, like the if i remember correctly it starts out like the forest mm-hmm. and then there's then like the this dark zone okay yeah yeah the hospital yeah it's all like it's all like destroyed yeah uh, then you have factory mm-hmm. i think that's the light and world beyond right? that and then it flips into to the dark world which is hell I'm yeah i remember well hell. there's there's dark worlds of each each area too isn't there because i did go through when i played through the game i would play through the light world and then i'd flip and play the dark world like a castlevania like yeah there's like the the normal but then there's also the flip version of the entire game because you essentially go oh shit yeah something like that it definitely didn't get there i'm trying to remember it's been so long and then there was something (laughs) there was something else too which i was trying to think about earlier there's like um something to do with the bandages like you you have another there's like another world of levels that yeah those were like the if, if i remember correctly those were like the extremists of extremes uh yeah. it had something to do with with part of the bandages it was like a it was like you well i don't know if i you know plays the, the girlfriend i know that or something like you that. do yeah you do play as the girl in one area and it's like the 
I, I looked it up online just because I was curious how many chapters there were. But I think she's like chapter six or seven, uh, which is technically the true ending after you beat the end of the game where you, you defeat the... Uh, Dr. Fetus? The, uh, yeah, Dr. Fetus. Then you play through her area and it's like the the most difficult levels in the entire game and i guess it's yeah that's what i'm saying yeah yeah, there there was one more there was one more that that i did not me and my brother did not go through i don't remember why i just remember that was because it was hard as shit it probably it probably (laughs) i'm sure yeah you know what's something else that's really funny too is um it just dawned on me there was like this i don't remember how you do it or if it just does it naturally and i'm just not remembering i think maybe it's when you beat the level it'll show you like all of the like times a you played it, yeah. But it'll show yeah. you all of the Meat Boys that you like. Essentially, yeah. If you pl- if you played it like twenty times, you're gonna see like right. twenty different Meat Boys. Super yeah, and you see each of their the path. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I that was that. Like, the most satisfying part is when you beat it, and you know mm-hmm. you beat it, and you're watching like your whole journey in like yeah. a few seconds, and you're just right. seeing a lot of these fools just get destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I also like too when you die. In the levels, like he, you know, the meat splats and there's like blood all over the ground, and that's like stayed there. Mm-hmm. So you could always tell like the hardest parts of the level because it's just soaked in blood. Well, what's funny <laughs> is like it's almost like the way that they play it out. It's almost like you're in purgatory. Like he just keeps yeah. dying but coming right. back until he gets it eventually. And I remember I would joke around like there's like a like a secret like story to this where he he doesn't actually make it through once. Like every time he's actually just dying over and over again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's like Groundhog Day, but just, just a meat horrifying. cube version. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, another game that drew inspiration from Super Meat Boy is uh, last year's indie darling Celeste. Yeah. So this is another brutal platformer from the developer Matt Thorson. The game synopsis reads, a single player platformer about climbing a mountain, battle your inner demons and climb through more than 250 devious stages to reach the summit. It won't be easy. Adrian, did you ever get around to playing through Celeste? I did not. I only had the uh, luxury of hearing you and a few other people praise the living heck out of that game. It is it's phenomenal. This, it. Yeah, so if you enjoyed Super Meat Boy, then you will absolutely get down on Celeste. So Celeste is basically, it, it definitely draws a lot of inspiration from Super Meat Boy. It's definitely more of a story that has more of a story arc to it. I mean, Super Meat Boy does as well, but this one had... Yeah, but it's more really... about the chaos, I felt, more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. This one's more about this emotional and uh, a journey of um, the the young girl that's climbing the mountain. Um, what? Did, how did I forget her name? I think, is it Madison? It's not Celeste. I'm sorry, I don't know anything no, about the game. No, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Oh man, I feel like an like an idiot now, forgetting. But anyway, you're you're going through, um, and this this journey where she's battling her anxiety and and her depression, and she's climbing this mountain, and it's a it's a metaphorical journey as yeah. well as a physical journey, which is just very cool. Um, but the the difficulty is very steady. It ramps up, and it's like just a perfect ramp where I, I, the game was definitely challenging. But for me, it was never too challenging where I was like frustrated. Kind of like um, I was seeing a Super Meat Boy. Yeah. Like it was, it was engaging enough. And you, the same thing, just like Super Meat Boy, when you die, you respawn right back at the beginning uh, of each room. So instead of playing through individual levels, like in Super Meat Boy, you're playing through one long level. Um, there's like different sections of the mountain that you're climbing that are individual levels, but they each have single screen rooms. 
So there's no scrolling or anything for the most part. There's no scrolling. It's like a single room puzzle that you're trying to get through very quickly. Um, and they add different elements throughout the game that makes yeah, it just keeps uh, getting crazier. And her crazier. ability a little bit more, yeah. Um, but um, it's crazy to see like the progression that you've made by the time you get to the end of the game. The beginning, uh, I was like, okay, you know, it's challenging. The game always feels like it has a consistent challenge, which is really cool. But by the time you get to the end and go back to the beginning, it's insane how easy it is. And you're like, holy shit, I really because have gotten mastered. this much better. Yeah, yeah. You've, you're mastering these abilities, uh, which is incredible. So, But uh, there's there's optional strawberries to collect, which are kind of like the bandages in Super Meat Boy. Those challenge you a little bit more than the normal level would have. Yeah. Um, so there's those to collect. And then there's B-sides that are unlocked, which uh, are after you finish the game. And those are similar to the Dark World in Super Meat Boy. So I went back to the very beginning level. And I played through it regularly and I was like, this is very easy. And then I played through the B side of that same level. And I was like, holy fuck, this is a whole different experience. This is hard. And it, it basically like takes the challenge from the end of the game and like starts you there. But you go through that entire journey again with a way harder version. Um, and I didn't realize this because I didn't play through all of the B sides. I, I pretty much walked away from the game at that point. And I was like, I don't want to tarnish the experience that I had because I'm so frustrated at these B-sides. <laughs> but if you finish the B-sides, there's these C-sides that get unlocked oh as well, which God. are like insane. Um, and Matt Thorson, the developer, um, is working on kind of like a final level or um, area of the game that's going to be a free DLC add-on. Just like the and ultimate level, essentially. Yeah, and he said that this, this section that he's working on is harder than the seasides in the game, which are like an incredible difficulty for a lot of folks. Just the regular game itself was very difficult to get through. So I can only imagine what a seaside would be if the B sides were already like that hard for mm. me. Um, what's cool about Celeste though, is that they do have kind of an accessibility mode built into the game for um, folks that get stuck after failing a, a room a certain amount of times. There's like a pop-up that gives you kind of an assist mode. Um, I didn't, flip that on i'm very proud of myself for not ever flipping that on even though it did prompt me many times <laughs> hey do you want to turn on assist mode i'm like fuck you i'm gonna get through this uh and i did uh but there is an assist mode which is cool because then you can experience the story and not feel like you have to just put the game down because you're not good at it so um that is very cool but yeah Kinda so like the, the talking about with sekiro yeah exactly so uh actually matt thorson tweeted out in regards to sekiro and was like hey it'd be cool if they added in like an assist mode similar to what's in celeste but in sekiro where maybe it brings down like enemy speed like 50 percent instead of 100 percent, giving you a little bit more reaction time and just tweaking different things yeah you know something that you can flip on it doesn't doesn't change the game itself it just gives people more of an opportunity to experience it at maybe a different speed or something so celeste very good game. That was one of my favorite games of last year. Um, definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. It it uh, has finally gone on sale a couple times too. And it's, I think, regularly priced at 20 So it's not even expensive. So speaking of Sekiro, uh, obviously the latest game from, from Software, which uh, neither of us have played yet. But their most popular franchise is arguably the Dark Souls series. Launching originally in 2011, the original was recently remastered so new players could experience what made the series so infamous. 
The remastered synopsis reads, Developed by From Software Inc., Dark Souls Remastered allows players to explore the twisted ancient land of Lord Lordran. Uh, in the sorry, that one caught me Lord. way off guard. Uh, Lordran, Lordran, in the first title of the critically acclaimed action role-playing series like never before. Experience the rich world of Dark Souls in upscaled 4K resolution with 60 frames when playing on a PlayStation 4 Pro, Xbox One X, and PC. Also, 1080p resolution with 30 frames is available when playing the game on Nintendo Switch with its TV mode. From their first timid steps to absolute mastery, players will build their characters by strategically adapting to daunting foes, exploring haunting locations, and amassing a large collection of weapons, armor, and magic spells to utilize for a truly unique playstyle. So, Adrian, I've never decided to punish myself this badly, uh, so I have not played these (laughs) games, unfortunately, but you have. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on the Dark Souls series of games, and what makes their difficulty so legendary? Uh, the fact of how brutal it is. Just honestly, like he, there, there's like a charm to it, right? Because you you start playing, and aesthetically, it's beautiful. It's 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 weird. It's kind of just like strange overall. But mm-hmm. you start fighting, and it's crazy because you just get hit once, and it's like you're dead. And then you yeah. just start over, right? And I feel like for, like, logically speaking, you would do that and you'd be like, wow, that sucks. But then you're like, I'm going to do it again. And you try it, you just get destroyed again. And then suddenly you're just like, I'm going to do it again. And <laughs> there's, there's this weird, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is going to kill me. I'm going to try it. You know what I mean? And and that's I feel like that's, like, the biggest that's the way I always saw these games. Uh, even when I first started, like on Demon Souls, which is st- I think that one's still the hardest one. Um, mm, yeah, that one is like insanely difficult to me. I don't know why. The few times I've tried to play it again or like continue where I last saved on it, because I think I still have it. Uh, the mm-hmm. save point, it I just never got far, and I would just Jeez. give up after a few hours. Um, I didn't. I didn't play Dark Souls one. Uh, I, mm. I I got the remaster for it recently for the Switch because I think I'm going to try to go through it. It'd be kind of fun to do it on the Switch. Yeah. The one that I truly was like super invested <clears throat> in was Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. It was super funny because I have like one of the greatest moments in my mind is when you first start. Uh, it's kind of crazy because you kind of just, kind you know how you're saying you just start and you just you just go, you know, like mm-hmm. they don't tell you anything. You just you just go. Right. Uh, I there's like a rhyme and reason to do certain things, right? And there's like a what a lot of people consider like the better route to go towards when you mm-hmm. first start, and it's and it's easier. I didn't know that. Like I I didn't I never really knew that. I I never invested myself too much into following other people that played the game. I was just like I knew its reputation, so I'm just gonna play it. And mm-hmm. I pretty sure I went like the hardest route possible, and I went to this like <laughs> dr- I went to this kind of like castle area. Yeah, this like castle that's on the ocean, super cool, um, but also very easy to die because like any moment that you even are close off the cliff, you probably will fall or get hit off. Right, and right. it happened so many times that it was just ridiculous. Um, and there's this like dragon rider, right? Because this whole this whole theme of this place is like this giant castle, and there's this huge dragon that you see kind of like chilling in the distance mm-hmm. and just doing its thing mm-hmm. and just living life. And I already knew like, okay, I'm pretty sure the whole point of this is to go up to that fool and kill him, which it eventually, yeah. you know, spoilers it is. And <laughs> so you go through all these like kind of 
dragony like night type of enemies uh, yeah. and there's this one part dude and it will never it will always just have me die laughing i even have it on youtube uh mm-hmm. you fight this this dragon rider i think his name is mm-hmm. he, he it literally it's like his name is like dragon rider and you so you're in this little arena you go through and there's like there's the floor but there's holes in the floor like this giant it's like a circle but the whole floor isn't complete there's like mm-hmm. the whole outer part of the of the ground is completely open yeah. like the rest of the place so you can just fall off so the enemy appears he's starting to run after me and he's a boss because you can see the boss like uh the health bar on the bottom and I'm freaking out because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to fight this guy. I don't know how to fight this guy. And I'm scared. So I start hitting him. Does nothing to him. Like barely doing any damage. He hits me once and I basically am about to die. Oh, and no. I run out of the way. Start to get health on. And he starts charging me one more time. Totally. Uh, I just roll. Because that's the, that's the point of the game. You just roll and hit, roll and hit, roll and hit. Like you're a freaking crazy person. I right. roll. The dude totally misses me and just falls straight off the cliff no shit and i won and i literally was like and this was like the span of 20 seconds dude i'm not even joking i walked in there the dude runs after me this dude that's like you know he's like the size of the hulk and i'm like the size of Gollum. and he Mm -hmm. starts swinging at me and then i freak out he hits me turn around he runs at me one more time i dodge and he just jumps off the cliff and suddenly it gives you that like uh that freaking dope little like victory achieved kind of sign and i was like right i just i i, I just did it i just did it i, did I just it. did it and it was like two in the morning and i was oh, just man. like this is i was just lube i was livid dude i was just freaking out like i didn't know what to think um and that's when i realized like i think i love this game <laughs> yeah oh, <laughs> like man. everything is so hard awesome. and everything is so brutal Yet it's freaking insane. And then uh, from there on, it just kind of kept going. Uh, every boss, not even the bosses, dude. Some of them, some of the hardest moments weren't even the bosses. It was just getting to the bosses. Like the arenas mm-hmm. that you'd be in, having all the people that you have to fight. Uh, but I, what I can say is no other game has made me feel truly like I was just this amazing kind of badass when I just mowed my way through like 30 people. Uh, yeah. Like truly hard fights. And I actually right. somehow got through it and I was doing it in style. You know, like one of my favorite things to do was in this game, because you can, it's an RPG, so you can do what you want essentially. Um, but mm-hmm. I was always really involved with the close hand combat uh, with like swords and axes. And so yeah. there was one moment where I had a sword in one hand and an axe in one and the other. And they were like imbued and you can like use magic spells to kind of buff them up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can buff up your sword, and it was blue, like a lightsaber, or like uh, Lord of the Rings, where he, you know you get this like crazy looking sword. And I just remember going through like thirty knights, just like one by one by one. It made me feel like the freaking Punisher. It was the greatest feeling oh, ever. So but yeah, in true Souls fashion, you get through all these people, and you're like, I can take on anything. And then you turn around, this creature jumps at you, and you're dead. Like two seconds. Sick. It's, Sick. it's it's truly the biggest like adrenaline rush but can also be extremely frustrating so yeah i love it dude well damn i, I eventually i want to hop into dark souls and i i've tossed around the idea of picking up the remaster on switch uh, but i feel like i would probably rather play this on playstation just in front of the tv anyway yeah and just have a better frame rate because i feel like you really need that like precision in this game as well with uh with combat so 
All right. Well, I want to wrap with what may be one of the hardest games that I've played. Uh, and that's another fantastic indie game, The Binding of Isaac. Mm. This is one of the first procedurally generated games that I had played uh, and an absolute classic in the roguelike genre. Uh, the game synopsis reads, The Binding of Isaac is a randomly generated action RPG shooter with heavy roguelike elements. Following Isaac on his journey, players will find bizarre treasures that change Isaac's form, giving him superhuman abilities and enabling him to fight off droves of mysterious creatures, discover secrets, and fight his way to safety. Now, I haven't put in the hundreds of hours that many people have to see the ins and outs of the game, uh, but I've probably put in around 30 hours or so, meaning I've got a general idea of the game's formula. Yeah, I've got an idea of the game's formula and what makes it so uniquely difficult. Uh, What is your take, Adrian, on The Binding of Isaac? Uh, I had a very similar experience to kind of how Super Meat Boy was. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, I played both of those games like pretty close to each other. Damn. Um, I was in this weird kind of like... You must hate yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, a little bit. But <laughs> a I, little bit. if I remember correctly, I that's kind of... I was in this weird like I really wanted to play 2D... Pla- uh, not necessarily platforming games, but just 2D games. And I think that's around the same time where I played Binding of Isaac and Super Meat Boy, and a few mm-hmm. other games that kind of had that same, not necessarily the same look, but they had that same like 2D uh, style. Right. And uh, I loved Binding of Isaac. It, it didn't give me the exact same feeling that I got with Super Meat Boy, um, mm-hmm. but it was very similar, very, very similar. And I, I know I beat it, I beat it once, and you know I got through that whole thing. And it's crazy how these games do this to you, man. You You go through it, and you're so excited when you like on the last levels because you know you're so close, mm-hmm. and then you beat it, and it's like, oh, you you thought you thought you were doing something, but you were wrong. And they right. just throw this whole other thing at you, like, oh no, there's actually um, like whole other levels to do again and yeah. again, yeah, and again, especially with Binding of Isaac. Like they, yes, you can just infinitely play this game. I feel and unlock you can. so yeah. many different characters. Um, it's it's a it's the beauty of a procedurally generated game is that there really isn't a true end to the game you can play indefinitely and the game will always be different which is such a unique thing i know there's a lot of people that don't like those kind of games because the level design may not be as good as a game that was handcrafted but i i never felt the the procedural generation if you will of this game everything felt so genuine in itself and like each room felt meaningful and 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 had some sort of a purpose um but what what's so great about binding of isaac is just the amount of secrets there are in this game it's insane. and like i i i had tried playing this game on a number of occasions and i was like what is this this is garbage and i i just wasn't good at it i tried playing it initially on pc and like mouse and keyboard is not the jam for this game. I was very much um, happy, happier when I played with a controller and having the two sticks to na- to navigate and everything. Um, but man, I love the items in this game. There's so many items, and with all the expansions they've had over time, there's like hundreds of hundreds of items that you can get. Oh, I'm sure. And, and I mean, I, I want. I don't know if this is true or not, but I I feel like there's something like seven or eight hundred items now, unique items oh, in the game that have been weird. added over time with each of these expansions. And that number very well could be less, but it's it's an insane amount for sure. Um, and what makes this game difficult is you don't know all of these items right off the bat no. for sure. 
even after playing for 30 hours or, or whatever I played, I'm still seeing new items on a regular basis. Uh, and having to remember what each one does and seeing it on the ground, because there's a lot of items that are bad. You pick them up and all of a sudden there's a negative effect on you. Maybe you lose health or, um, you know, there's, there's some sort of a negative attribute that's applied to Isaac and you have to kind of just roll with the punches. So learning the different items is what makes the game difficult. Also extremely fun. Um, and, and then also the enemy design, there's so many different kinds of enemies that you encounter sick, in this game. Dude. They look crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the art style is very unique. It's very, it's very like morbid. It's morbid and weird, and there's a lot of squishy, just fat, gore, like just weird just characters in this. There's a lot of yeah, just a lot of weird stuff in this game. But it's it's so unique to that that game and that franchise. Um, the bosses are difficult. Uh, I know that you know each time you play through this game, you're getting a little bit better. You're understanding a little bit more. Uh, and then having to start over when you die is like, yeah, it sucks, but it's, it's a fresh take on that. And now you have a different run that you can go through. Well, that's the cool. Um, yeah. That's the cool thing is you're, it's very opposite of super meeple in the fact that you, you have to memorize this pattern, right? It's right, more right. just like, cause every time you die, it's going to be some different. So you, it's more of you honing in on your, on your, on your kind of skills to dodge things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then to understand the items that you're picking up. So you don't basically screw yourself over yeah yeah and uh the first time uh, you're you're trying to defeat your mom in this game is basically the whole point Um, it's so wild yeah the first time i beat the mom i was like oh my gosh like that's it i I beat the game i beat binding of isaac guys this is great dude and like that's just the beginning there's Mm -hmm. so many other layers of this game to to go through after you do that because then you have to go through like individual parts um, and it's, it's, it's wild right after I defeated the mom, I went into like the womb area. Mm-hmm. You're like going to her womb and then I just got my ass kicked there. And like, uh, it's so hard <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I will occasionally jump into this game because it's, it's a really fun game to just pop into and play through a few runs, uh, because some runs are really quick and you die quickly and other runs can take, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes, depending on how good you're doing. So it's uh it is very much a a game that you can play forever and a lot of people have put countless hours into this game hundreds and hundreds of hours into this game and are still finding new stuff which is like unreal to me so binding of isaac if you have not played through uh very very challenging game but also very rewarding and very fun so adrian besides specific games uh i just want to talk to you about uh maybe some of the most difficult moments you've experienced in gaming overall so what's funny is that sometimes you can define difficult in different ways right like not necessarily oh for sure yeah not necessarily like this game was just really hard but it could be other situations maybe you got yourself into a situation or uh just like other than just being like the kind of classic there's 50 mm-hmm. million things in front of you or one hit from this boss basically just tanks your entire health bar. Um, right. A really funny moment that we already talked about kind of earlier uh, in the week was like how my first playthrough Resident Evil 2 completely um, was butchered at the very end, but it was my fault. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't that the game was extremely hard. It was just that I put myself in a horrible position. I did not realize it until it was too late yeah um and that's Mm -hmm. when 
you know, this game's been out for a minute, so I can talk about it. Uh, when you're playing, yeah. when you're playing as Leon, the very last person you fight is um, is Mr. X, right? And it's like he's he's kind of mutated. He's kind of like at his peak, uh, just kind of like grotesque, crazy form. He's just going nuts, mm-hmm. and he's just, just trying to kill you at this point. He's just all that matters is just him trying to butcher you on this uh, elevator or this like moving platform elevator like thing. And so you you have a very small space that you're in. You have to dodge this fool uh, at any given moment because obviously he hurts. And there's like one or two attacks that. Uh, basically are like insta-kill in my opinion but the reason being that it was so difficult for me uh, because I played it over again uh, eventually uh, and you know it was nowhere near as difficult Uh, but Mm -hmm. it's because when I got to that last stage I had no health I had like literally I was on E um, because it kind of categorizes it by oh you're doing good oh you're doing bad oh you're in danger and I was in danger by the time I got to that last part and that's where I last saved, right? So you're oh, stuck no. there. If you die, you got to start it over, or you go back right. to a previous load. And I didn't want to do all that. Uh, yeah. My last one was like before the boss fight. There's another boss fight before that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go mm-hmm. through all that, right? No. And so, uh, basically, I had no health. I barely had uh, a lot of ammo. I didn't have any plants or anything like that. And uh, I think I had. I had plants, but they were all the wrong ones. You know, they're all the reds and blues, none of the greens. Yeah, and you're like, I don't need this. Yeah, it was just completely not good for me. And uh, and I remember I didn't have a lot of, um, what is it called? I didn't have a lot of uh, specific guns ammo, uh, which is extremely important in that game. It's uh, the Magnum, there we go. Uh, yeah. It's like the greatest gun in the game in terms of damage. And so mm-hmm. I was like super, super just not in a good position. And every time I played the game, I basically had to play that entire boss fight without getting hit once. Because if I get hit once, I was dead. And I just had to do that over and over and over. And it's nuts because I was literally, I think I started the boss fight at like 9 o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. did not beat it until like 2 in the morning. Like one thirty or 2 in the morning. I took a pre-breaks just to, you know, yeah. put it out there. Right. I got super. Right. I got like, I could not, I don't know how I'm having such a hard time. And I just get up and like take a break and take a breather. Yeah. But dude, it was so, so ridiculous because I literally had to just play the that boss fight flawlessly, essentially. Right. Not get hit whatsoever. Um, so there was like a few hits where sometimes it'll like, it'll hurt me, but it didn't kill me. But there was a few, most of his hits where it's like, if you hit me once, I'm dead. Uh, and yeah. there was this one, there was this one move that this fool does where he charges at you. He does this little, like, kind of a, he gets all pissed off and he starts like, uh, and he puts his hand on the ground like he's going to rush you. And even Leon's like, oh, no, this isn't good. Uh, and you know he's going to hit you. But I could not evade that hit for the life of me. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually, I picked up, like, I thought it was a cheese, but I, 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 after looking it up, like I realized a lot of people do it. Um, besides just shooting him like crazy when he starts charging, if you go behind like this piece of like uh, this piece of like uh, what's it called? Because there's just stuff all over, just like debris. Yeah, there's debris. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. large chunk of debris, and it'll occasionally fall. But he can use that to his advantage and kind of pick it up and throw it at you, or, like hit it and it'll like come at you. If you yeah. go behind that. At the right moment when he's charging you, it will stun him, essentially. It'll it'll hit him yeah. and it'll stun him. Eventually, yeah. I figured that out, and that's kind of what got me through that. 
but oh, dude, man. it was like anytime he did that move, I could not escape it. And over, I would always get to that part, and that's pretty late in the fight. So you're, yeah. it's like you're so close. And then the best part of that entire situation was I get to the very end, right? And there's this cutscene. Um, one of the players that you're that you're in that game with, she throws down this giant freaking RPG. Right. And it's right in front of him. Right. So it's in a freaking box right in front of him, just like chilling yeah. right there. Yeah. So you gotta you have to run up and grab the RPG. Yeah. And I haven't gotten I've never gotten that far. And that's when I realized like, oh, this is how you kill him. You gotta grab the RPG. And I was super ecstatic because I was like, I did it. I finally freaking did it. I did it. I, I'm gonna win the game. We're done with this. This is ridiculous. I run up to the the RPG, but he's standing right there. So I was like, I don't no. know how he can't hit me. You know right. what I mean? And so mm-hmm. he, he he hits once and I dodge it just barely. And I pick up the rocket launcher and right when I pick it up, he hits me. Like right when I aim it at his no. face and I was about no. to hit R2, he totally yeah. hits me and I die. No, and I dude. kid you not, it took that was at like midnight, and then it took me yeah. like another hour to get to that point, oh, and I finally did it. But it was so just like it was so ridiculous, and it was all because yeah. I wasn't smart about my inventory management, you know, what right? I mean? Or not necessarily that I wasn't smart because I wasn't, I never been that bad in the game before, but yeah, I initially didn't realize that there was another boss fight, so I just kind of used everything I had on the previous right fight, not thinking that there was going to be anything else and so uh the second time i played it with my brother i did not fall for that crap i freaking yeah. did everything in my power to make sure we we're good at the end and we did it like it was no buddy's business we did it in like two tries like stupid damn yeah so much easier that time uh, it's man it's crazy man one of the hardest moments that i've had which i discussed on the show with you before actually uh, the at least that I can think of recently was the Valkyrie fight in God of War. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is an optional fight, completely optional, not not necessary for the story. Um, but of course, you and I both wanted to get the platinum trophy, and this is a requirement to get the platinum trophy. <laughs> uh, and uh, I played through, and you have to defeat what like seven of the other Valkyries before you get to the queen. And the queen fight is just the culmination of all of those fights in terms of the abilities and, and the difficulty is just unreal. None of them even Um, come close to how hard the queen is. None of them. No, not even. And, and individually they were all very hard fights, way harder than any of the enemy in the by far. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So the Valkyrie queen, I actually had to turn my difficulty down to easy uh, to get through it. And it was still fucking brutal to get through. And there were so many times that I had gotten the queen down to like a sliver of health, just one hit and it would have been game and I got killed and it happened to me multiple times. And that was one of the most frustrating moments. And I actually questioned whether or not I just wanted to turn the game in and be done with it and not get the platinum. But I was like, I, I will not live let myself live that down if i just were to give up so i persevered through and ended up getting through the valkyrie queen and got that damn platinum trophy and it's one of it's probably my proudest platinum just in terms of the work that had to be done to get to it the rest of the stuff was like pretty like rudimentary in terms of collecting and 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 getting specific gear and stuff but god damn that that valkyrie queen fight that's a doozy man 
Uh, so there's plenty of other games that have incredible difficulties that we did not discuss today. Shout out to games like Cuphead, Enter the Gungeon, Dead Cells, Darkest Dungeon, Spelunky, FTL, Into the Breach, The Messenger, and so, so many more. Uh, Adrian, I want to thank you for joining me today to chat about some of our most challenging experiences in gaming. Where can folks find you online? Um, on this podcast. Uh, and, <laughs> all crazy, I have a <laughs> I have a YouTube channel. It's just under uh, Adrian Sterling. So you can just look it up. Adrian, uh, S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G. Um, and I have all my Sanctified O2 content on there as well as some other stuff. Um, you can find me on any uh, music app, basically. I have an artist with I am an artist with two uh, albums out under the name of uh, V D R I V N, and if you uh, like any of that stuff, you can follow me on social media. I have uh, Instagram and Twitter, both under the name uh, A D Two Sterling. So either one under the handle, you'll see me there, um, big and brown, and I go to town. So there we go. Dope. Yeah, check out check out Adrian's stuff. He's got good content everywhere, guys. Uh, once again, if you have any gaming-related questions you'd like to ask me, either tweet at me at IYEpodcast or email me at the email address hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode. And if you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists. Be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use to consume the show on and leave a review if you enjoy the content. Until next time, see you later, elementalists. (laughs) 